Hello and welcome to Connectivity 193. I'm your host Nicholas Bray and today I'm joined once again by Adam Abunasa. You gotta catch them all at McDonald's. <laughs> okay <laughs> and uh, Carmine Red. I almost did. I really almost did. Oh really? What? what? <laughs> oh they have Pokemon uh, toys at McDonald's in the US. Oh okay right. <laughs> I uh I actually was chasing the Mario Kart ones. Was it Mario Kart? Um, they had Mario Kart at one point, I think, or Mario at one in point. General. Yeah, I remember there's a ch- and oh my god, chasing McDonald's toys is not a recipe for happiness. No, no, it's Amiibo, not. on the other hand. <laughs> anyway, that will bring anyway, good and warm before feeling. we get too off off topic, um, <laughs> today we're going to be discussing, uh, the DSiWare shop, the WiiWare shop, the eShop. So it's just we're gonna go over some games that you know we've had experience with, or um, you know just heard about through social media or over the years. But first, I thought um, we'll jump into some discussion on the uh, today's Smash Brothers Direct. What did you guys think about that? Um, I after Cloud, I really thought we were gonna get Banjo Kazooie. Because, you know, we had Minecraft coming to the Wii U. We had uh, Cloud, a third-party character. Um, and Microsoft Dude totally said, like, oh, yeah, you can have Magic kazooie for Smash. Um, so I thought that's what we were going to get. And I, I remember- thought that could have been, like, a... Like, I didn't rule it out completely, even though it's kind of unlikely. But, you know, it could have... I could have seen it happening. Oh, definitely. Um, but then... I remember when Smash first came out, people were like, oh, maybe Bayonetta will be in it. And a lot mm. of people kind of poo-pooed the idea. Mm-hmm. They were like, no, she's too, you know, too M-rated. Um, I don't think she'll work. I thought and she was for Nintendo. Like, fairly likely, at least. But, um, yeah, Bayonetta was a surprise. Uh, uh, what, what surprised me was, maybe I haven't been paying attention, but when they said this is the final DLC yeah. thing about it. And I was like, wait, what? When did when did this happen? I thought we were gonna you know be buying DLC long into like end of life for this. Well, you know the Wii U is end of life basically, isn't it? I I, I know, but I mean all you have to do is ago. put out a DLC, and I have to buy it for like my workmates so that we can play it at work mm. and stuff. They have put out a quite a few, like a fair bit of amount of DLC characters mm-hmm. and stuff, so you know it's not that surprising that it's winding down and i'm i'm sure they're looking towards the future for a possible nx smash brothers or maybe even just like kind of port the wii u game and then maybe add a few bit more stuff like i don't know if that's like if they wanted to get it out really fast you know they could probably go down that road but yeah i think how long has it been since smash came out a year only it's been longer than oh. that, hasn't it? No, no, it, it came a year out since the DLC started coming out. It came out like last November and December, hmm. so just one year. Need, you, that's that's sort of really early to talk about a Smash sequel. It feels like because I feel like we get Smash and we sit on that for like five years, you know. Well, you know, and even like, if they started the next Smash Brothers late next year or something, it's probably not coming out for at least two more years after that. So okay. It's no, I, some, one of the joys of Smash is like letting it like I don't know, letting it marinate and yeah, fester. <laughs> <laughs> well, not the word I would have chosen, but you know, it's there for like five years and just getting familiar with the game. You know, yeah, yeah. 
getting a little like comfortable with it and it's sort of like it's it's there for five years unchanged well i guess in this case it's changed a lot and there might be patches i guess no, i th- i think we'll get like an ultimate edition ported to nx with like all the dlc and stuff uh just because that's an easy game to move in this mm. game see i, d- I don't know unless they're sell. not planning depends on what the nx is mm. uh, but yeah if we're assuming it's a, a a more traditional game system that could replace these things, which I guess it will, but I don't know. It could See, be I, weird. Yeah, I guess they, if they weren't planning on making a ground-up version for NX, um, they could go, you know, do that, but it's too hard to tell. Anyway, back to the announcements. We have another Fire Emblem character. Uh, Yay. Well, I, I have nothing against Fire Emblem characters, but why do they need swords? I hate fighting people with swords in Smash Brothers. Yeah, why didn't we get someone with a me. lance and a horse? <laughs> an axe! <laughs> no one has an axe, right? A villager. Villager no has an axe. Villager, Yeah, he has an axe, yeah. That's an axe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I Villa- thought that, you know. Villager should be in Fire Emblem. Oh, yeah. There might have been some other series that could have not done with an extra character in the lineup. Yeah. But... Uh, it, does anyone else get the sense that maybe Nintendo is trying to push Fire Emblem? Like, hey guys, we're trying to, you know, this is coming out in the states soon. Here's a character. You should be excited about it. Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem. This mm. is this should be like treated as a major IP that you will spend ninety dollars on, um, <laughs> and some of us will, but like. I feel like Nintendo's trying to make it, trying to really build up the brand with all this, like, I don't know. I feel like it's been very visible lately. But the thing is, I just don't want to play. I'm just scared of playing Fire Emblem when it has such a reputation for, like, difficulty. Wait, you've never played any Fire Emblem? Uh, no. Oh, they're very, they're really easy. You just, you play it on easy and you reset every time someone dies. (laughs) <laughs> and they're like really fun. They're they're really good. I uh, play I've played tactics games before, and it just hurts too much when someone dies. Like, but, and it, I do that. I I will reset even if it's not permadeath. I will reset, and it's just too much out of me. It's you know, it's just too much to like have like you make one mistake, and all of a sudden like things converge, and then there's a critical hit, and someone dies, and it's like. 25 minutes of my life or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Fire, Final Fantasy Tactics was my first and my last tactics game, basically. You never played like, Tactics Advance? <laughs> I, played, uh, I played Advance Wars, and that was also pretty brutal. Oh, that game is so brutal. I, I hate See, that in Advance game. Wars, Advance Wars character would have been cool to throw in. Yeah, well, we've got an Advance Wars uh, assist trophy. But still, yeah, yeah you're right. Um, but yeah, going back to your point about them pushing Fire Emblem through Smash, I mean that's started back with Melee. I mean they they did that basically, like they had Marth and they had Rory, and that sort of pushed sales of the first uh, Game Boy Advance game a lot more because uh, people were sort of being exposed to those characters. Yeah, Roy's game wasn't even out when Melee came out. He was totally mm. an ad, like it wasn't even out in Ooh. Japan. Yeah. Um, so you're saying it works? Well, yeah, it must work. I think all three of these characters were kind of ads, because we have an ad for the new Fire Emblem, and then Nintendo is like, hey, remember Bayonetta, that really good game that no one bought? 
why didn't you guys buy that? Here's Bayonetta. Uh, I don't know. I don't think you could make a too strong a case for Bayonetta being an advertisement. I mean, Cloud, (laughs) yeah, yeah, okay. That's probably, you know, something. Yeah, I think he's kind of part of some deal with Square Enix to, like, make some game for future systems. Um, God only well, wait, wait. Are these is. are these ads, or are we saying that they're half ad, half voters' choice? Um, I because think it... supposedly Cloud and Bayonetta are like voters' choice picks. That he didn't they could say. Do, right? I don't think they said that Cloud was a, like a high up on the ballot. Is this they, people wanted a Final Fantasy character, and that's the highest like yeah. most requested Final Fantasy character. So. Yeah, Maybe said, in aggregate, Final Fantasy was like a huge thing, but it was split across somebody wanted Terra, somebody wanted, mm. you know. Yeah. Uh, they oh, said, the way they've done Cloud is pretty cool. Like, the way you can, or the stage and stuff, like, collect the material and Cloud has his limit break thing. I mean, it's it's been done well. Uh, but they said that Bayonetta was number one in Europe and in the top five in the US, but she was Apparently, the... Yeah the top reasonable one so i think they voted we probably voted stupid stuff like i don't know maybe goku <laughs> like was that. too hard to get um and, you know we just couldn't get like ridley uh some mean guy one. Uh, we couldn't get uh what's his name sagata sanshiro or something like that oh god i would love to have a sega that sounds there. like something people would have voted in for like but there must have been like american this thing. Reddit campaign that... of like let's just all vote for this ridiculous thing oh they voted I feel... for the guy the safety guy from the beginning of the uh every wii game there's that guy hitting his friend in the face with the wii remote <laughs> <laughs> reddit wrote him in and pushed him pretty hard I, I, I feel like this is a lost opportunity for everybody to write in as a new character for Smash, do a barrel roll. <laughs> oh, God. And just see what they would have done with it. We should like, have had a campaign for Mr. EAD. That would have been a good character. <laughs> so I, I love that, that qualification. Reasonable. Yeah. Like, there must have been some crazy stuff in there. And well, one you know, day, I hope we find like out. Banjo-Kazooie. And um, and Shovel Knight and Shovel Knight. See, Shovel Knight probably, I don't know how high that would have got, but I, I can't imagine um, that would have been difficult to pull that off. No. Nope. Um, K. Rule from Donkey Kong wait, Country. Wait, wait, wait. We've got Cloud and we've got Bayonetta here. You know, we've. How, how, is, how is Shovel Knight difficult to pull off? In terms of licensing? In terms of what? Shovel Knight yeah. just came out in Japan, so he's not really popular there oh in terms of winning the popularity contest yeah yeah yeah. so he might have been lower down but i'm sure like there's like when the ballot thing was going there was chatter online for like you kept hearing like a bunch of characters like like i said k rule was like a a requested one that everyone sort of wanted to happen but um it's kind of weird that he was would have been lower down on the on the list bayonetta just strikes me as like a niche character really that's all Wait, I just realized something well, about the said, roster. They said... They're mm-hmm. they're all Japanese characters, aren't they? Like yeah, Shovel Knight has to do is with a Western character. Them. Who's a Western character? Like Shovel Knight and even like oh, K. Yeah, Rules from Rare. Western. Which is why I think a lot of this is when they say reasonable, they mean we have a we can talk to the developer and they're receptive and we can work. We have like ends with them. Like we couldn't just throw in some guy from Assassin's Creed. 
because there's, <laughs> yeah, there's just not that sort of relationship. Whereas if it's a Japanese developer, you know, they can walk they, from Nintendo HQ, they can pick up a phone and they can say, let's have a meeting. Hey, let's meet for lunch, you know, sort of thing. Mm, and yeah. which is actually reminds me a lot of like what Iwata was doing. It's like when you'd see Iwata reach out, he would reach out to, it would be Japanese companies because you, just the fact that, you know, they've got relationships with them, they're co-located. And you can you can actually meet them face to face. Whereas if you had to come all the way to America, now you're trying to form a you're trying to reach out over uh, a geographical gap. You're trying to reach out over time zones. You're trying to reach out over culture differences. It's easy to start at home, so that's probably why. And I think that's a bit of a theme, like with a lot of like Nintendo's partnerships with third parties lately. And that's why Tecmo. I don't know. My personal theory is that's why Hyrule Warriors and and the third parties that they do work with and do crossovers with uh, tend to be Japanese because that's the easiest place to start. There we go. They we should have just... had Linkle in Smash. <laughs> I'm actually surprised we didn't get anyone from Atlas because uh, they have the Fire Emblem and Shin Megami Tensei game coming out uh, and Atlas is owned by Sega now so they already have a Sega character in there. Um, I don't know who they would have picked, I guess, but... Mm. I don't know. It would have made sense to me instead of another Fire Emblem character. But how well, good like, was the how good is the um, the costumes for Tails and Knuckles? Oh, they're beautiful. <laughs> they're so funny. <laughs> Someone skinned Tails. Wear <laughs> like a hat. <laughs> oh, I'm putting that on my me. <laughs> yeah. Do I'm you guys actually use those. the costumes? I've completely ignored the me fighter costumes, honestly. Um, yeah, I... I don't really play with them too much, but I could see myself like just using the Me Fighter sometimes to wear the funny costumes. And when I run out of characters, I'll pick the Mees and be like, "Oh yeah, you're beating me. Well then, I'm gonna beat you as you, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any last thoughts on Smash? Uh, I was really disappointed by Bayonetta stage. It's boring. Mm. it's such an exciting Mm. game and they picked this like gray clock falling in a gray sky the gray background (laughs) it's like oh thanks it's it's hd mature it's so gray i would say a lot of the levels in the new smash haven't been that exciting though i mean a lot of them are just the you know either like with the the four platforms or whatever and stuff happens in the background or something like i don't know how Mm. you guys play smash but i People tend to gravitate towards those, and I, I think that's I think that's a little bit sad because one of the great things about Smash to me is just like its crazy randomness. And sure, it's not a, it's not. I don't. I really don't see it as a tournament fighter. You can play it as a tournament fighter. I don't believe the game should be, the game in its purest sense is one. So I, yeah, I agree. I'm like, it's. I want to see crazier stages. I want to see stages that can beat the players. I, I love it when we get... I'm the only one in my group who loves it when we get one of those forever scrolling stages because I'm like, yes, this is really <laughs> crazy and we're going to have to adapt and stuff. Yeah. Um, the is... only levels I won't play are 75 meters and Gower Plains. Other than that, I love everything. Gower Plains? You don't like Gower Plains? I always oh. fall through the middle and die. Always. Yeah, that's what you just set the thing on random, and you and when you go there, it's like okay, 
this match is either it's not my match or I'm just going to sit by the side and everyone knows what I'm doing, but I'm still going to beat them here at the sides. Because I, I know they're coming and they know I know they're coming. So now we've got like three layers of game going on here. <laughs> ah, smash. You sort of stick to the top of the top of the level on that one though. I mean, it's fairly flat and stuff up there. Yeah. I mean, it becomes a platformer at that point. <laughs> hmm. Okay, so we'll move on now. Um, we actually have some listener mail uh, this week. So, uh, Carmine, would you like to read the first letter? Oh, uh, this is from uh, Michael uh, Weetrick on Twitter. Xenoblade Chronicles X is said to have a world map bigger than Skyrim, Witcher 3, and Fallout 4 combined. How big is too big when it comes to a world map size? I don't want to focus on XCX specifically, since this is more of a general trend. So many of these large, often open-world games boast about having huge maps, but end up being mostly empty or scattered with filler missions. Bigger than Witcher and Fallout is an attractive bullet point taken at face value, but when do diminishing returns occur? Is having a large map so impressive from a sales perspective that it takes priority over a smaller, more dense world? Again, I don't mean to call out Xenoblade Chronicles X in particular. I'm looking forward to it. I just want to start a discussion about games using big world as a selling point. Thanks, and keep up the good work. Michael. Ooh, good question. Hmm. Now, none of us have actually played Xenoblade <laughs> X yet, so, you know, we, we sort of get a, I get a grasp of how big the world is and people saying it's it is very huge and stuff and i think most people have said that the sense of discovery is really good in um the new xenoblade which is i think what you need to try and focus on in these large open world games even if there's no you know tangible reward for doing so it needs to be fun just to explore i mean nintendo pulled that off not in an open world game but like with stuff like wii sports resort uh, the island and stuff Mm -hmm. um i don't know what it is about the way they design some of this stuff, but it, it, it does invite you to just want to look around and explore. Not all open world games seem to accomplish that. I mean, they're open and big, but there's not, for some reason, you don't feel the need to like actually explore them fully. What do you guys think? Um, they, they can get kind of boring. Uh, like I played a lot of Skyrim mm. and I, I like so much Skyrim, and I don't know what the story's about or how far I got in the story. I just got lost and just went wandering for a long time. Uh, and it was a lot of fun, but when I went to go try and pick up some sort of sense of purpose, I mm. I got lost again. I was like, well, I don't actually care about this story. Um, I just want to go through another cave. Uh, and a lot of the caves seemed kind of samey. Like, sure, it was huge, but how many times am I going to go through this same cave? Hmm. Yeah, I think um, I'm trying to find where I read this, but I did, someone had this great article on, like, Nintendo's level design philosophy, and they compared it to, like, a Japanese tea garden. And this was my takeaway, that, that basically the, the idea was it was really dense, you know, but the point was every time you turn a corner, there's something new to, like, to like that that pops into view then you're surprised that you discover so it's really that sense of discovery and it's not so much about having like the american i, I guess 
quote-unquote American stereotype is like, oh, you know, there's this vast land, and we can see into the future, and we're into the distance, and we're going there far away. This is more about, oh, what's around this corner right here? What happens if you turn the corner and you find between the two bushes there's like a cave, like Miyamoto supposedly discovered a cave on a, while exploring a hill when he was a kid, something like that, at a picnic. So that's, uh, so there's, I think, basically what this boils down to is a question of having a, in your world design, do you go for quantity? Do you go for, I mean, very grossly quantity versus quality? And it, can you have something that's big, but do you lose stuff in, when you're just going for sheer acreage, do you lose stuff in the ability for the player to actually play? You know, are they just really sort of driving through meaningless terrain? And mm. I remember a long time watching someone play the first Mass Effect when it came out. And, you know, they there would be like this these huge planets you explore and you generate and you're driving around in them. And the planet that he was exploring at the time was, it was randomly generated. It was different. It was something you could explore, but there wasn't that much interesting. I guess, I, again, this is just from a tiny snippet of that. So, obviously, if you just randomly generate terrain, that's what you get. You get randomly generated generated terrain without some sort of story, without some sort of narrative for the exploration for the player to go through as they, as they like, maybe they get to a point and they unlock something, and you can't just, like, drop interest points in. So there mm. has to be something a little more intelligent going on. See, the opposite, the opposite of, like, the open world design, like, if we're going to, like, use Zelda as an example... I think Skyward Sword took being dense almost too far. Yeah. Like it, went, it compacted it down so much that you were, you know, having to stop and do something every five meters or so, you know? Like, it didn't feel um, as organic, maybe, as it could have. Um, a, lot, yeah. a lot of the areas were, you know, designed specifically just sort of to accomplish whatever task it was, so... Uh, that's sort of the opposite end of the spectrum. Hopefully, Zelda on Wii U um, finds a balance in the middle somewhere. I don't think they're going to try and make the world like as big as they possibly can, but I think like I think they're going to you know they're mindful of this and you know having open fields and stuff to go through is good. I like it because it it gives you the player time to. Um, sort of just stop and take in the scenery and you don't really have to really think too much. I mean, there is a there is a need to have that sort of break moments in the game, so or even just to mess around in the in the field. I mean, I used to mess around in, in Ocarina of Time even and that's like a tiny world compared to what we have mm-hmm. these days. See, I'm actually worried about the new Zelda game because um, I think that's the reason it got delayed. I think the Zelda team saw... Xenoblade Chronicles X and then was like, hey, do you guys want to come help us with Zelda? So they started to expand the world and try and fill it in and it ended up getting uh, delayed. And the last Zelda game that had... Well, every time that Zelda has a big world, it's really boring. Like Wind Waker, there's big stretches of, of boredom in between the islands. Every once in a while there's like an octopus or something. Uh, Twilight Princess, their Hyrule Field was really big and empty. And I really big and empty. Uh, it's a big and Twilight empty. Princess was such a. I uh, to me, I found it. I found it disappointing in the fields there. The yeah, whole I did game was big and Twilight empty. Princess to be. Big. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's in vogue to hate on Twilight Princess, but 
I, know, I, I thought can that do at that. the time. I thought the I thought the field wasn't as like uh, interesting at the time because I think for a lot of the game you're funneled through the story more than just sort of um, having different options. Um, you could try sort of go off the beaten path in Twilight Princess early on, but you were generally sort of blocked in a lot of places. Um, mm-hmm. So you, the, you only had one choice really to keep playing, and that was to keep trucking along the main path of the story, which. Uh, you know, maybe help contribute to making the world a little less fun to look like explore. Yeah, here's um my my think. Oh, di- again, completely, uh, off the, like my own personal theory about the new Zelda is that I think that they're trying to do is take that because when when we talk about narrative and we talk about like discovery, something that like Skyward Sword tried to like say oh yeah you will discover this world through play it was linear it was sort of like beginning and it was very still like uh point A to point B it was it was sort of one dimensional and i what i'm hoping that Zelda for the Wii U does is it takes the discovery but it makes it more organic and more 360 degrees because mm. in in mm. today's world if you find a temple in um if you if you go go if you cut into a rainforest and go explore and you find like an ancient Mayan ruin, for example, you you can get at that from different directions. So it's not about and and there, it's going to be an interest. It can be an interesting thing as you approach it uh, from those different directions. And maybe what they're going to do is try to do things where, like, you will know you're getting close to a to a dungeon. Again, completely uh, without any basis, my own personal ramblings, but maybe there will be ruins that pop up, and maybe they'll find a different way to give you the narrative sense of, I'm getting closer to something, Yeah. rather than, here, here's a here's a, a valley that you're in, and there's a wall on your left and a wall on your right, and you've got puzzles in front of you. Mm. Yeah, that'd be, I'm hoping that's sort of the stuff they've been uh, thinking on, how to... Um you know, proceed with Zelda Wii. That's the sort of stuff that they should be really concentrating on. Like like you're saying, three like approaching things from different angles or different different directions would be good. Yeah. Because exploration, one of the great things about a big world is you go there and you're like, I wonder if I can just climb that hill and what will be on the other side and and then maybe I can't get at it this way, but I can see it, so do I back out and find another route to it? But um, it it's great to have an open world. It's just we need to maybe maybe it's a tougher thing to design than a tra- than traditional video game thinking, and we need to come up with some new paradigms to do it. Numa has said recently that the, they're approaching it from like a different sort of way than like the the examples currently out on the market. So we don't really know what that means and how it's going to differ from a, a typical open world game. But at the very least, it's going to be, it's going to do something different. Yeah, I think they're going to be giant sections of the map that are blocked by twilight. And the only way to get through them is to go <laughs> into the dark world and do some stupid no, game. You've got to tap your wolf amiibo. <laughs> yeah. You have to tap your wolf link amiibo, uh, turn into, into wolf link. No, I think what they mean by that is I think they are looking at this open world from a traditional design standpoint. 
So they see all the space, and they're used to working with the small space, but they're trying to fill it in as if it were a small space. At least that's what I hope, that every every little inch of the map has is as designed as, like, uh, Hyrule Castle Town. You know, that place is really dense. Mm-hmm. But yeah. imagine if that was the size of... You know, I found out they said the new Zelda game is the size of the county that I live in, which is, like, really big. So I hope it's as detailed as the county that I live in. Or maybe more detailed, because Nebraska More detailed than real life? Well, <laughs> Nebraska is really boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's really boring. <laughs> okay, well, I think we'll wrap that question up. I hope we answered the question mainly instead of going off in our zelda tangent but oh you know God. it's, it's, it's applicable to the big open world thing and it's you know that's going to be the big open world game we play uh this time next year probably or the year Hopefully. after that yeah okay, so we have one more question this one's a shorter one this is from nitty fan 87 uh he just wants to know what are some of our favorite nintendo musical tracks yoshi story title song no um uh there's a lot of them. How can you choose mm. just some? I mean, somebody told me about that he was listening to the soundtrack of Smash Brothers at work, and I'm like, that's basically the soundtrack to every Nintendo game ever. Dude, it's finals week, and I've been listening to the Smash soundtrack. Like, it's perfect. It's exciting, and there's no words. Like, it's it's awesome. I love I love the Smash soundtrack. Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to pick just individual tracks i'm not sure i guess some of the tracks from ocarina of time would make the cut well i really like um sheik's theme um when you know when Sheik comes and tells you the songs and stuff that little harp scene um music oh i like like uh, gerudo valley gerudo valley that's what i was gonna say yeah uh, gerudo valley is an easy one i wanted to pick a slightly more (laughs) obscure one (laughs) one of my one of my big sad that the big reasons I'm sad about Tetris Attack just never gonna be a thing again is because I loved the soundtrack in that game. Uh, I don't know a pu- how a puzzle game can have a great soundtrack. Well, yeah, puzzle games can have great mm. soundtracks, and Tetris Attack was one of my favorites in conjunction with just the Nintendo characters. See, I listen to I... just regular Tetris music pretty often. Well, regular Tetris music is like classic is classical music, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but so you gotta some... listen to the Smash versions, <laughs> and they're super intense. You know, I think you know it's Mario sixty four main like sort of bomb on battlefields a classic. Um, uh, what else? I'm just drawing some blanks at the moment. Um, I remember really being like sitting back and enjoying like the credits theme for like Star Fox sixty four. Yeah, and watching yeah. as that great fox slowly yeah. rises up the dun, cliff as dun, everyone's dun, running dun. and the sun's setting. And then it's like Kanji Kondo, and I'm like, oh, yes, Kanji Kondo. Yeah, no, the N64 has some great, great um, credit sequences. The music on the movie was really good. Like, I used to finish Ocarina of Time just to watch the credits again, and Star Fox was the same. I used to really love the um, the musical stuff in those games. Uh, I have, credits. A, like, a ton of Pokemon music. Like, somewhere mm. on the internet I found just all the Pokemon songs. So all the songs from the games and from the the TV show, the American anime, yeah, the I, Japanese anime. I, I still have some songs from that, that first Pokemon the movie CD where it's all by pop artists and stuff. I'm like, yay, Vitamin C and Mandy Moore. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, no, and when you see the movie, they just play over the credits so they could make that CD. <laughs> yeah. But even, like, the background music, like... I have that song. And I love, I love yes. that song. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how much is th- how much of this is just the thing of like choosing a favorite game and choosing the favorite music of it though, or like, mm. or are we when we when we choose our favorite musical tracks, are we choosing our favorite memories? Really? Well, I'm I'm just trying to think of good musical tracks. I like I haven't really played even the first Xenoblade, but I've listened to the some of the music from that, and that's really nice as well. Um, from what I've heard of Xenoblade X, I don't know if I would like the music quite as much but i've only heard like a small amount of that game's music so there's this that's that's it i need to listen to fire emblem music i'll know absolutely nothing about what's going on i can have a (laughs) unbiased judgment dying permanently that's what's going on (laughs) Uh, but i really like this band called kirby's dream band i know nick said that he didn't like them when i showed them to him but oh i thought it was okay it just it didn't really hit me as much as it you obviously like them. I love them. I bought their album on vinyl. And sometimes when I have friends over, we'll play Smash, but we'll turn off the background music and we'll <laughs> listen to records, but we still oh, have the sound awesome. effects. <laughs> um, I, but I like uh, them a lot. I have a friend and uh, I got this. I started listening to some of this stuff because he was listening to it. Basically like the Sonic themes, like Sonic music that like bands compose just for mm. the game or something like Cash Cash did uh is it Cash Cash? Did I wanna reach for the stars or something for like Sonic Colors? And so I was listening to that for a couple months just on infinite repeat because it's so high energy, so happy, and my my friend needed happy music and this is mm. happy music. This is high energy. Let's get going, let's get you know, let's feel good about like what we're doing in the future and what what's about to happen in this game. Because Sonic needs that. Yeah, yeah, people like to to like make fun of like some of the music from like Sonic Adventure One to Sonic Heroes, uh, but you know Sonic Sonic has a lot of good tracks like Sonic, you know, Sonic 2006. <laughs> the Sonic 2006 game had some pretty cool instrumental Sonic tracks. 2006. Yeah. Wow. The was that it was that wasn't its name right? Well, it's called Sonic the Hedgehog, but, oh. you know. Yeah, it's called like a... Sonic 2006 because it's too traumatic. It was so unfinished, they didn't even name it. It was meant to be a <laughs> reboot, that's why. They thought, we're going to rename it Sonic the Hedgehog, just like the first game. So they rebooted it into a broken series? <laughs> no, but Starlight I like... Zone and Green Hill Zone is some of my favorite tracks as well. I accidentally listened to Escape from the City the other day for, like, 30 minutes 30 like it was, minutes. It was stuck on the loop on my <laughs> smash music and um that track I just is left kinda, it kind of catchy oh it's so good man i also don't mind um metal harbor from sonic adventure 2 uh, that's kind of cool anyway we'll wrap this question up too i think and we'll take a break and we'll be back with our feature topic which is all about the nintendo digital shop offerings from the past. We'll be back in a minute.
and welcome back. Now we're going to jump into some thoughts and discussion about, you know, the infamous Nintendo WiiWare and Nintendo DSiWare and probably throw in some eShop chat as well. So um, to kick things off, Carmine, you're probably the one with the most experience with uh, like the DSiWare shop and maybe even WiiWare and stuff. So how did you want to, did you want to start, start us off by talking about you know, a bit of your history or some of your favorite games that you would recommend people well, check out? I would like to start us off by pointing out like that SteamWorld Heist, which just came out and which a lot of people are loving on, that started out, that, that franchise was on the D, was on DSiWare. You know, they had a, a SteamWorld Tower Defense game on DSiWare. So you, you know, these games come from somewhere, and if you want to see where games come from, if you want to see some of the smaller baby steps, they don't they don't come into the 3ds eShop fully formed. No, they 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 have they have history, and that history you can find on DSiWare, WiiWare. You can find in independent game efforts throughout the industry, and that's why I just love the fact that there's that we have this stuff, and I think it's it's a great thing to dig into if you want to actually you know, no, get an idea of stuff. Like Shantae, right? Shantae has the greatest history. And they're a DSiWare game, right? Have well, you guys... They, they had at least one or two, right, on the DSiWare? Uh, it started on Game Boy Color. Yeah, yeah I know that, yeah. And, uh, you, you, and then they've gone to DSiWare, now they're in 3DS eShop, they're on WiiWare. So, uh, we, uh, the Wii U and, uh, it's just great to watch them because they're a real independent thing. And uh, have you guys? And and it's just, I don't know. I I'm a big fan of their games. So seeing them go from, you know, these smaller projects and then slowly get larger and and their latest projects are more ambitious than their last ones is so rewarding. As as someone who's like into like video games, and it's like yes, go independent developer, innovate in a land of dark barren. FPSs and stuff, but not to say I don't like FPSs, but you know, remember that time when video games were you could they were it was crazy. There were like all these weird video games, and sometimes you'd get a game that wasn't quite up your alley, but you'd play it and you'd say, "Oh, well, this is interesting. I could see it. It's maybe not my favorite thing in the world, but it's different. It's weird. It's new. You get that. You get that on like digital platforms. Yeah, I used to be addicted to like mm-hmm. DS bargain bins and that's what the eShop feels like is you know you might find something really good in there for pretty cheap there are some gems um i don't know i i made a list i sent out to you guys like this this yeah. list that so i didn't call how about down we start we start on um we start from the beginning here and we'll start with some WiiWare WiiWare stuff um You've got listed here like Final Fantasy, Crystal Chronicles, the Dark Lord and the King games, mm-hmm. Robo Cop, Robo Opalisk. <laughs> what is it? Robo Calypse, Beaver Defense, Robocalypse, Beaver Defense. <laughs> yes, which is Tales a tower of... defense. Yeah, yeah. Tales of Monkey Island and uh, Jam City Roller Girls, which I I looked at the title and said, like, I've got to see what this is. <laughs> And I watched a uh, YouTube trailer for it, and actually, you know, it didn't look that bad. It was like a roller derby game, obviously, like, obviously and um, 
from the trailer at least, it didn't seem too janky. It was like full 3D and no, it was full 3D. It 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 was actually roller uh, roller derby rules. Had like, is this how they do it? And then yeah, so you've got this stuff. And then of course they throw in items and some stuff like Mario Karts. But it's it's nice. It is like the sort of game I would expect to have found like randomly on the Super NES. Well, I mean, like, this is the sort of game quality I, I'd expect I've found in the middle of the market that's, like, disappeared. It used to mm. be you could find these games at retail and you can't find them anymore. So and, did you uh, play... You played that game? The, yeah. The um, Roller Girls game? What, what? So actually playing it, how did it play? How well, did you control it? The 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 rules of roller, roller derbies, you've got, like, two teams and you've got... And oh, I'm a little rusty because I've looked this up long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got like these two. You've got like these carriers, and uh, they're trying to lap the uh, the other team. So actually, what Jam City Roller Girls is there's an attack and a defense. And if you and you if you're playing the attacker, you're trying to go. You're trying to lap the other the other group who are tightly who are tightly. bunched up together to prevent you from passing them and that's how you score points Mm. so uh it's played in heats and you so it's basically a game of like and instead of instead of a regular racing game where you're you're just trying to be ahead of people this one you're really trying to lap and uh and 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 what's really important is being able to thread through that uh through that bunch of players uh other other characters on the screen Mm -hmm. and uh that that was really unique you know, I, I I haven't seen a lot of things that I can't think of anything else that's like that, and uh, it's it's something that I haven't seen elsewhere. And aside from that, the quality of the game—if you can look past the fact that it's on WiiWare and they didn't have a lot of like they had size constraints for like the and yeah, yeah. Ob- obvious constraints on like the, I mean, the visual effects good, on like, it. From what it I was saw, a complete like... game, and it was yeah. unique, mm. and. I would buy another roller derby game in a heartbeat. We can you know, get this Drew Barrymore uh, DLC. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adam, um, what's your tales of WiiWare? Um, I used to just buy stupid stuff. Uh, we played this one game called Eduardo the Samurai Toaster. Oh yes. <laughs> um, and it was really hard. And then we found cheats or something, and then it was really easy. <laughs> uh, but it was a fog. <laughs> we played it so fast. Um, I did a lot of virtual console games uh, mm-hmm. on uh, off off of Wii. Uh, I played the Bit Trip ones. I don't remember which one it was or what it was called, but it was like the Pong one. Where Core? there's a ton. Where I think it might be B, where all the dots were coming from the right side and you were on the left side. Oh, you could okay. have up to four little paddles, and uh, we got really lost in that. It was when I was. Uh, you know, living with bros, so we would kind of zone out on things sometimes, and we uh, we definitely zoned out on that one. Uh, and the music is just captivating. The lights, you know, the shiny lights are yeah. really pretty. Yeah, I really, I really got into um, Bit Trip Runner, the original one, when that when I finally got around to playing that. And yeah, the the music was just like really good, and it just felt really really fun so yeah the bit troop game's definitely really fun oh and pokemon rumble that one was oh, yes. a total total surprise but i lost a lot of time uh to that one the first one on WiiWare. yeah i played like a little bit of that i didn't really get 
don't know, addicted to it or anything. Yeah, I didn't get addicted, but I just loved the concept. I played it in co-op. Mm-hmm. Do you guys yeah. remember the the other Pokemon game? Um, was it was it Pokemon Farm? Oh yeah, I never played that one. I don't think I did either. <laughs> and I can't remember how it went, but um, you had like a ranch of Pokemon, and you could do really basic things. Anyway, <laughs> I remember it was like ten dollars. You could only use it mm. with Diamond and Pearl. It didn't work with Platinum, or yeah. Heart Gold, or Soul Silver, or anything. But if you put every Pokemon in there, you got something really rare, like a Mew or something. But I never bothered with it. Uh, the other, I didn't really buy like a lot of WiiWare titles. I, I was excited for the whole WiiWare thing initially, but after you know, after a while, the releases started thinning out a bit, and it wasn't the, maybe like the best games, or you know, people weren't really hyped about them, so you, they kind of went sort of under the radar. Um, I did play Lost Winds one mm-hmm. and i never really played two wasn't uh swords and soldiers on we Wear, the first yeah, one yeah yeah. Was, yeah i loved that game that was a that that's another game that like actually i got sick and then i played that game when i was sick so i mm. played it straight through the day from bed and uh i don't know maybe it's that experience but that was a really i don't know i felt like that was also another complete experience actually i'm pretty i think it is it's on wii u I think they re-released it on Wii U, and then the sequel mm. is also on Wii U. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know. I feel like a lot of these games that are on digital platforms right now are games we used to be able to get physically at shops. Mm. But just the way that the video game market is, you know, the idea you're either you're either EA or Ubisoft or Activision. You either you either go big or go home. Or you even those publishers back back in the early 2000s in the mid 2000s like we used to put out mid-tier games yeah there's no mid-tier anymore i think if you want to find the modern the closest thing we have to mid-tier in the modern world you have to go to digital platforms and maybe it is a little bit like digging around in a bargain bin because you know it's all there it's not it's you have there's this huge selection, but within that, you'll find great things that you would have never found before. Mm. And, uh, like, that's how I found, like, I was digging around in, uh, uh, Game Gear bargain bins, and that's how we found, uh, Shining Force, you know? So, you never know what you'll find if you just go looking for it. So, um, Carmine, do you have any other, uh, I know you've got a bit of a list there, but do you have any, any other WiiWare gems that come to mind off the top of your head? Well, I think you, yeah, you went through my list. Uh, Swords and Soldiers, I didn't list under, under mm. WiiWare. What's uh, the, um, the Beaver Defense game? Is it just like a tower defense yeah, game? Yeah, it's a tower defense, which, honestly, I would expect there to be a ton of tower defenses on these platforms, and I think there, there as many of them one, exist, right? we need more. <laughs> you can never have too many tower defenses uh i don't know maybe the way i play them they're 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 wonderful junk food and and you eat them and you stuff yourself with it and then you're like i want more but it has to be a different concept now a different game with its slightly different tower defense rules well and i'm playing played... a tower defense right now on wii u <laughs> have you played dylan's rolling western yes yes <laughs> I, I didn't it. expect it's... that reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm waiting for that to become like a full Nintendo franchise. It's just it's just well, 
He said two games. I mean, maybe. He's in Smash. Yeah, he's in Smash, but he needs to be a character. That was that was my writing. Um, uh, how about we move on to the DSiWare, the much like usually maligned service oh. where people seem to think of it with only filled with trash, basically. Oh. Uh, but uh, you know, that's not my opinion. That's just that's just the the you know the standard sort of general thoughts that people seem to throw on top of it. So. Let's like go through some of the some of the games that you've listed here. So balloons, more tower balloons. defenses. Can never have more... enough tower defenses. <laughs> and you said there's several of these games called balloons. Well, like balloons four, balloons three. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all tower defense games. Yeah, it's tower defenses, and instead of having monsters, you have balloons, and you shoot needles at them. It's that simple. <laughs> <laughs> Power defenses are if you if you get into the genre, there's something about it that's just nice because it's got this game loop where you're like, okay, I'm coming up with a strategy. I'll place my tower. I'll see how it works out. I might have to adjust the strategy, or I'm like, oh, I'll keep saving money until I have to upgrade. So it's this really uh, not this. It's not this complex super master strategy thing. It's just like, what is my build order? Mm. Uh, Carmine, have you ever played Ninja Town? Yes! Ninja Town! Oh but, my god, it's the best game. It's so great! It's so good. I it email is. them like once a year, like, hey, are you making a new game? <laughs> I love you like, guys. Maybe. No, they made so it. So is this, is this a DSiWare game too? This is, this is no, a physical game. It's oh, a physical game, but I email them all the time like, hey, do you know about the 3DS eShop? You should just make a sequel. I'll promote it for you for free. Hey, <laughs> they, should, they should get on Virtual Console. Because uh, we have think... DS games, right? On Virtual Console on the Wii U. Oh. Ninja Town, Virtual Console, Wii U. I would Money. play the shit out of that. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so yeah, good. And actually, that was a very innovative uh, tower defense. Because you're was... placing buildings, but you're, you actually, you're, the buildings aren't towers shooting at the, mo- at the enemies. You're, those buildings are like housing ninjas who walk around the building. Cute, adorable, huggable ninjas. And anti-ninjas. And, uh, and anti-ninjas. Which are just giant orange ninjas. <laughs> oh, God. I yeah. love that game. Yeah. So the the next game that we um, probably touch on is actually maybe the, the game that inspired us to do this segment a few weeks ago. Um, Pop Island. You guys want to talk about Pop Island? You both have uh, had experience with this game. The trailer looked really crazy and fun, so... And if it had online, I might consider buying it. Yeah, the I thing bought... I most remember. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I most remember about it is that I played it so much, but like my hands got cramped holding the DSi. Did you play it much in like? Can you just go through, sort of explain um, what the game's like and how you play it? Um, so there's uh, a handful of different maps. They're each based on a different planet, um, and it's capture the flag. You go and you get. Mm-hmm flags from around the map and then you have to drive it back to your base and then there's another mode where you have to go to their base and get the flag and take it back to your base um and your cute little animals you can either be a flying animal a land animal or a swimming animal and you shoot firecrackers directly ahead of you and you can shoot other people and they go flying back um and it's just really fast-paced fun it is so fast-paced it's really it's really frantic how many uh 
how many players are in i mean if you're playing single player it's all bots but like there's a lot going on in those maps it is yeah i think it's, it's like it, 8 to 12 yeah and it feels like if it feels like yeah i don't know and and it really is a vehicle thing like i don't think of it as i'm a character i think of it as i'm like a a car <laughs> I'm just zooming across these maps and there are other things chasing me and we're using items to try to interrupt each other and mm. nail each other so that we drop the flag. And I'm cheering on my, my computer uh, bot buddies whenever they win, <laughs> whenever they grab it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really high-paced, frenetic, high-energy capture the flag with like this wonderful, you know, bright, vibrant QTR style where you're like, oh, I'm a... I'm uh I'm this type of animal, but I'm shaped like a cube and I've got wheels. Yeah, when 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 I watched the trailer for this, um, it was just like yeah, really frantic and really colorful. Um, it it looks like a lot of fun. But did you guys ever play it in in multiplayer? Yes, it has download play. So like, I went over to my like girl cousin's house. She's like twelve, and I was like, oh, you have a DS for some reason? We're playing this game, uh, and anyone that I've shown it to loves it and i've played it i think the most i've ever played it with is like five people um but it's it's a lot of fun in multiplayer because uh, it's really easy to, to understand the concept of what you're trying to mm-hmm. do um, and you're on team so it's not just everyone for themselves and it i think it it might be the best game on 3ds i'm serious on on ds no, no, I, uh, available on, on the 3DS. <laughs> that includes all the DS games, all Bold the DSi, eShop, everything. That is the best game available on the 3DS. It's, so well, are you also emailing that developer to make a 3DS version? No, it, it might be tied with Ninja Town. But it's <laughs> it's up there. <laughs> That's a hard one, yeah. <laughs> so, Adam, um, do you have any... Uh, other choices from DSiWare that you had experience with? Uh, there's one I want to complain about. Um, so Nintendo put the Zelda Four Swords like anniversary edition up yeah, on the e- or on the DSiWare, and it was free for a while for anyone that had a 3DS or a DSi. And I got it. I was so excited, but then no one I knew got it, and then they took it off. They don't even sell it. They won't even sell it to my friends. So, like, I have it, and I've always wanted to play it, but I can't play it because no one has it. And that that's always made me angry. Like, why don't they sell it or give it away again? Isn't is take my money? Have like a one game card, you know, one only one person needs the game sort of to play some of it or something. Um, I think or do that you both need copies. I think that was the Game Boy Advance one. I don't mm. know if the, if the DS one has that then. I haven't really looked, but... I could have been playing that for, like, the past four years, and I just never did. But anyways, I don't understand why they don't sell it. Like, it's stupid that they took it off. Hmm, yeah. Just like, you know, they don't sell GBA games on the 3DS, I guess. Wait, they do. Virtual console, right? <laughs> no, no, they we don't. We haven't got GBA? Oh, wait, yeah, you're right. Why are they all on the, the, uh, on they... the Wii U? Yeah. Yeah. This makes no sense to me. Yeah. They couldn't get the background stuff to work on the 3DS, like Street Pass and Sleep Mode, so they just decided not to do it. And they gave out a couple as Ambassador games, but there's no Game Boy Advance 
on the 3DS. Anyway, um, the next one on Carmine's list here was Music On, Learning Slash Playing Piano 2. Yeah, there were... Music 2. Again, Music On was a, 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 a number of titles. Yeah. And uh, specifically the Learning Playing Piano games I wanted to list. Again, because you just need a little weird. <laughs> you need you need variety. <laughs> was it was it effective in teaching piano then? I don't think so. Uh, oh, <laughs> my. Here's the thing. Um, when it says learning piano, it doesn't show you the bloody. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, it isn't actually. Uh, it. It. I think it. It's the one that shows you the sheet music. No, I think mm-hmm. it's backwards. I think it's the one that. I don't know. But when it says learning. Playing piano is actually easier to play because uh, it gives you better guides. I think learning piano, it might give you the sheet music and it doesn't tell you which key on the bottom touchscreen is the key. So maybe uh-huh. that's learning piano. I might have it backwards. But one of these is really hardcore. It's like you need to learn sheet music to know which key you have to press now. <laughs> and, uh, and it is hardcore, but I was, I'm not a piano player. Um, but I can read sheet music and I'm not a good player of anything, but, um, based off that, it was just really neat to activate that part of my brain and go, okay, there's sheet music. I've got a classical, you know, I've got Hall of the Mountain King going on and this thing is scoring me and I'm just trying to like keep up with the notes and do that. And, uh, I don't know. These, those, those were fun. Uh. I don't know about you guys, but video games, I, I, I love the diversity in video games. And this t- this was like a genre uh, thing that like appealed to me. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you if you are looking into this, I would recommend playing piano because it's much easier for a beginner. Learning piano is hard. A couple of the DSiWare games that I ended up playing back back when it was the thing to do was um the paper plane game from it was like taken out of warrior wear i think oh that the one where you're you're trying you have to press a button to change directions yeah yeah that was really fun i got di- addicted to that for a while and also um aura aura climber oh um, i heard a is, lot about that one actually but i never played I it i think was developed by nst um in America, I think I'm not 100 percent sure, but that that was pretty good. It has a nice like visual style and stuff, and basically you're just like trying to like climb. You're like this little like star shaped weird little thing that you just got to try and like keep climbing upwards by sort of latching onto these little peg things in the sky. So you mm-hmm. sort of jump, and you got to shoot out like a your tongue or something like that to like basically catch onto something. I guess it's sort of similar to how Yoshi would attach to something, but it's like sort of like a top down sideways view, I guess. But it's all two D and stuff. But that was pretty fun, and it's high like fairly high quality like game. So I would probably recommend that one if you wanted some sort of simplistic like. You know, arcadey sort of, arcadey sort of like action game. Man, what happened to N? Is NST still around? Yeah, yeah, I think they are. It's hard to keep track of they them. They keep making those mini March of the Mini games, which oh. is uh, no. <laughs> Just make a, a sequel to the original Mario versus Donkey Kong, please. Just send him an email. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure that'll get through. Yeah. 
Okay, let's move on from DSiWare. We'll oh, get oh on but to... quick shout-outs. Penguin Patrol, DSiWare, a great puzzle game. Great puzzle game. I actually think they've ported it to mobile now, but it's a great simple puzzle game. It will really scratch that itch for people who played Lolo, Kickle Cubicle, mm. stuff like that back in the day. Because you you're sort of walking across um, yeah, like ice, right? And it breaks. Yeah, you're like going across ice, and you're trying to get like... And this, you can't walk over certain things more than once, more than twice... So it's uh that's the puzzle. It's like how do you navigate this level, and so it's uh that's how that sort of works. And then surviving high school, which is an EA DSiWare game, and uh, it's uh if you liked Sprung, <laughs> oh, you'll God, love man. surviving high school. You didn't. I might have to huh? pick that up. Surviving high school is great. It's sort of like this these mini episodes of choose your own adventure. And it's all based on, like, this fictional high school universe. Um, and it's obviously aimed at uh, a, a kid market. But it's it's really innovative and neat. And one of the mini adventure, one of the mini episodes, mini chapters you can play, it switches to another character between them. It's sort of like, well, I say choose your own adventure. It's It's like a high school simulation, if you can call it that, where you choose, oh, I'll do this, I'll do that. I'll, I'll take a risk on... Uh, doing this for this person instead of something like that. One of them turns into an RPG. One what? of them, they take the game mechanics and they twist it so that the entire chapter is played as like an RPG where the kid gets stronger and then he like confronts the bully at the end. I think my memory may be wrong here, but that just blew my mind that they could take the game mechanics of what is essentially a a light simulator type game, a light visual novel type game, and turn it into an an actual effective RPG. So, uh, you never kn- don't judge this book by its cover. It's got some great writing and some really neat ideas on how they could turn those mechanics on their head. Hmm. Okay, said my bit. Sounds, sounds interesting. Yeah, I I will have to boot up my DSi and have a browse through the shop. I think and see if there's anything else that might catch my interest. Yeah, it's it is hard to find these games and. You do end up weeding through a lot of, you know, chaff or whatever. Um, you have to really go digging. But they're out there, and uh, it's really cool when you do find them. because It is like finding a gem. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, the world doesn't know this thing exists, yet it is so awesome. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should do an episode uh, about all the awful ones you played to get <laughs> to the gems. <laughs> to get to the gems. Well, if anything comes to mind, just here yeah, mention it. <laughs> mention it now. But... <laughs> but I, I, I love them all to some extent or another. <laughs> These are just really the ones that are unbi that I feel are actually good without me wearing rose-colored, rose-tinted glasses, uh, which I still may be doing. But they're they're more than good for DSI wear. <laughs> more than good for DSI wear. Okay, so let's move on to the 3DS. We'll probably go through the 3DS and the Wii U ones a little bit quicker because they're newer. But um, we have stuff like Shantae and the Pirate's Curse, Castle Conqueror Defender. Is that another tower defense game? No, it's <laughs> it's it's a nice one for like it's a it's a nice one for a little bit of time. It's one of those quick ones that was it Circle Entertainment put out, and there's a probably a lot of them that are like this one. Hmm. Oh wait, no, I, I'm th- I'm getting it mixed up with another one of the games. This one is it's a tower, it's a castle defense simulator. So you're putting up walls, you're putting people up on walls, 
and there and then there are waves of enemy troops coming at you and you have to survive a certain number of waves but between the waves you get to rebuild so okay. it's like a so it's like an so it's a bit like a resource management thing but the great thing is i just take my king arthur hero character and i run him out in front of the wall so he's deep behind enemy lines and i hide behind the enemy lines so the enemies march right past him, and then I go and I chop up all their tents for extra money. <laughs> While meantime, nice. my archers on the walls are cutting them down. My my main hero guy is way in the back, trying not to get seen by the enemy so he can like knock down their buildings. <laughs> and uh, this one uses play coins actually. Oh, uh, wow. You can you can take play coins and you can turn it into in-game gold in case you spent all your in-game gold or you need to like you need some extra because you need to make a perfectly defended castle. Oh, that's cool. I wish yep. more games had used the, the play coin yeah. stuff. Any game that uses play coin, I'm like, yes! Yeah, I, I wish want the... Wii U games to have play coin use. <laughs> I wish the Badge Arcade would use some instead of taking real money from me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the next game was uh, Box Boy, which is you know another popular title. and mm-hmm. I think it came out this year, right? So... That is under Nintendo, right? Uh, it's Hal, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, that Nintendo. explains a lot. It is a really polished puzzle game, I mm. feel. I haven't actually played it, but from what I've seen, it looks pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I think I... Yeah, I, I beat that one, I think. Mm. I just would play it I don't think night. it's very long, from what I've heard. It doesn't have to be long, it just has to be delicious. Yeah. Mm. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, what about... We, we mentioned it uh, before, but uh, Dylan's Rolling Western, which... Uh, People at first were excited that Nintendo was putting out like a new IP, but uh, it's sort of got sort of forgotten about a bit. Yeah, it's sort of uh, lost in the middling uh, yeah. reception. Mm. It's it's really neat, but it's really intense. I feel like I feel like when you play this, your brain has to be able to track like six targets at once or something, <laughs> because it is a it is the it happens in real time so at so when you're running around you've got only got a certain amount of time to gather resources and then you've only got a certain amount of time to actually get to a place and say okay build a tower here using these resources and to yeah. find all the secrets in the map um like the hard pieces uh because this game is actually pretty reminiscent of Zelda in some respects and and then as the enemies are marching, they're marching in real time. So when you're fighting one enemy, it's like you can see on your maps, like oh, in the back of your head, they're they're marching over there, and your towers are shooting at them. And then when they're attacking your towers, they're getting attacked in real time. So if you don't get there fast enough, oh my god. Hmm. Yeah, I so it was played sorry, that game on like I was on a bus, and it was like a ten hour bus ride. And, uh, I was, like, I started really excited for the game. I loved it. I thought it was so cool, the presentation, uh, the unique gameplay and stuff. But as the bus ride went on, I kept getting tireder and the game kept getting harder. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it just, that was when I started to buy games digitally. Cause I was like, okay, you can't take a 10 hour road trip with just one game or else you'll get really bored of it. Uh, and I never went back to it. And I was really excited in the sequel. There were like new animal people, but I never bought it because I felt bad because I never beat the first one. Is the sequel any different or is it just like more of the same? 
it's more of the same with a couple new features. Like now you have NPC uh, allies, the new animal people, who will also be on the map doing stuff. And there's stuff mm. like trains and stuff. So it, but it's it's more like it's more like Majora's Mask in terms of gameplay enhancements to yeah. uh, to an Ocarina of Time. Ah, okay. Where you're like, this is the same game, but they've they've added a couple new things and they've rejiggered it about. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, I I yeah, it's definitely not for you. Have to love the the exact combination of. Tower defense, real time fighting slash Zelda callouts in this game because it is exhausting and it asks a lot of you. Yeah, and uh, I I think uh, a lot. I I will say that a lot of uh, the games that I like chose out for like my 3DS shortlist. A lot of a bunch of them are like just like I needed a solitaire game, and yeah. so I played this solitaire game for forever, you know. <laughs> and I picked up one of those Glory of Generals games, which is like this. Sort of standard um, war simulator tactics where you have regions and a certain number of troops in that region and you say attack that one. So it's sort of like Risk, but not. That was, you know, I was in the mood for that and I played that one for a bit. And then I was in the mood for like some, uh, I think, Navy Commander. I think that's a, I think that was a, like a battleship clone. For a while, I was into, like, I just want to play Battleship. You know, I need nothing more than Battleship. And you found Battleship? And I found, like, Battleship, but not just Battleship. Like, huge maps of Battleship. Oh. (laughs) Uh, Tell us about the Louvre game. That (laughs) game of the year? Game of the the fall century? Did you import this cartridge or something? What? No, it's... 3DS guy, oh, you in, you download that. This is a oh, e-shop. you download it. Yeah, well, yeah. I was getting confused with. Like, I think you can actually go there and get like a cartridge of it. Um, <gasps> yeah, it's you know that it might have been the DS game. No, it's sure. the 3DS one. It's twenty euros, and it's the only region free 3DS game. Yeah, I must have it. <laughs> <laughs> must, but I mean it's <laughs> it's uh it's uh it's I. I don't know. I just, I just really dig this. I remember that time when Nintendo was talking about, oh, this has applications for museums and baseball parks and stuff. I'm like, this is cool. I mean, mm. if they had one of these for like the Metropolitan Museum of Art, that would be amazing because I love the Met and I've only been there a couple times, but I would devour that game. Yeah. So what so, are you I doing mean... it? Do you like jump on the paintings and collect coins <laughs> and stuff? It's not or... so much a game. <laughs> It's not so much a game as a as a virtual museum tour. They have like the catalog in there and they will take you and they will show you on the screen this is this and then they'll have the actual voice of the guides of the tour guides from there talking about the piece of art. And it'll start out in English and then just like um TV history channel like documentaries when they start talking in English in like th- 2 seconds Okay, I may be wrong here. This might be me watching too much TV. But in two seconds, the English will come on. And then you'll hear the translated. So it's really cool. It's actually like going through a museum. And they tell you, oh, this is this period of, you know, Egyptian uh, history. And then they've got everything laid out in the in sections. They've got an Egyptian section. They've got other stuff. Uh, you know, video games are meant to be more than F- 
FPSs and Mario games and Zelda games and and the occasional puzzle game that, that this is this is a beautiful medium and I think we need weird things like a museum guide in it you know I mean there's weird stuff that Nintendo did back in the day and that other companies did and we should keep doing weird things because yep. it just gets we try weird things and some of them click and some of them become amazing Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like this game proves that games are art because <laughs> it's because it's a museum. It's sorry, it's a bad joke. <laughs> Nintendo 3DS, it's fine art. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, yeah. So another game that I actually played the demo of, but haven't actually ended up buying ever, even though I was like excited about it at first, um, is Harmo Knight. I think I was just put off by the price. I think it was like $25 or something. Oh, gosh. Um, Dang. Did I pay $25 for that game? No, that's no, like Australian. It's, it's 15, it would have been 15 here. You guys. It would have been like 15 or something, I think. But, well, that's still expensive um, for an eShop game. Yeah, I, I might still pick it up eventually. And the demo was all right. I think if the demo had I think if the demo had um, captured me a little more heavily, I might have bought it. But I just, I just didn't end up going for it. Did you... I guess you both have you both played this game? No, I only played the demo and I didn't fall in love with it. Um Yeah. I, I was really hoping that I would because I, I love Pokemon. Yeah, I really liked the look of it and it was like basically like a sort of a like a runner game but with like musical notes. And I feel like guilty, you know, like Game Freak has done so much for me throughout my whole childhood. They gave me my childhood. <laughs> And I can't give them fifteen dollars for. They the... gave you a friend when you had, you talked to Pikachu. Yeah, I had a friend like... to talk to. <laughs> they gave you your friend. They gave me so yeah. many friends, man. I've captured so many friends. They taught me how to make friends with real animals. You just you hold them down until they love you. So you do... no, and stuff them into a ball. You stuff them oh, into a ball. God. You hold them really tight in a ball. And they meow but, uh, and they push at you. Rhythm you games go, have sort of disappeared. <laughs> Um, oh, I was playing oh, Rhythm Heaven the other day. I think they've kind of disappeared in the American mind. Yeah. But I think they're still big overseas. Like, there was the Persona game. Um, Just Dance always does really well. Um, Rhythm Heaven. Like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna ever forget about Rhythm Heaven. Um, and then, like, Rock Band and Guitar Hero just came out. I think that they just took a break for a little bit, especially over here. But I don't really think they went away in Japan. Well, that that's 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 calming to hear because um, I just you know there's there's a part of me that wants to uh, like having having been a child of like the '90s and early arts, you know, there's like DDR was so big, and then there was so many games that used music. I like I think I was talking a while ago about uh, Buster Groove on the PlayStation, and me and my cousins played that game forever on like a very specific vacation so it's tied to a very specific part of my life and for games like that to go away for games that that are based on like rhythm and music and and uh just the world that quirky japanese world design i'll Mm. be sad to see them go so things like you know rhythm heavens things like the wendan slash elite beat agent series uh things like harmonite i'm like really happy they still exist in some part of the world. And, um, you know, I, 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 I don't want it all, I don't want there to be like a genre king, like 
it's I don't want it just to be like Rock Band and Guitar Hero. Also, I don't want it just to be Mario. We need to have space for other sorts of platformers to be there. I'm sorry, I'm waxing philosophical, but this is why I think <laughs> eShop needs to exist. We need space yeah. for for people to try out things and rediscover great old genres. Yeah, I don't know where I would be today if it weren't for Electroplankton. I feel like that game. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that game was. What was that? That explains a lot about you. Oh, no, I downloaded one of the little. I just remember that. I downloaded one of the little, like, packs they had on the mm-hmm. e- yeah, like on the, the one. It's like PSI. the one little thing from the full game, yeah. And I couldn't figure out what it was, so I didn't buy the rest of them. It's. 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 Uh, it's. Oh, what's the best way to describe it? Because that was made by an artist, like a musical, like museum, high art guy, wasn't it? Like, working with Nintendo. So everything is just about little things you can tweak and finding, like, the music in it. And it's specifically, and I think it's probably a specific decision on their part not Mm. to make it record the music because it's performance. Yeah. So things like yeah. adjusting the angle of the leaf so that the raindrop tadpoles that fall on them will create different things. It's about discovering, like, it's like, it's about, it's more of a toy. It's more of a yeah. musical, you know, musical toy. But toy doesn't capture it because, like, museums have these things too where it's like explore, you know? We should, like, we should get copies of it and make a band <laughs> and uh, start Streaming I, it to YouTube or something. Just I, I, I watched. I watched the um uh, a few months ago when I was watching like the uh, water um stuff. There was like in one of the um, what was it? One of the game developers' speeches. They brought out electroplankton near the end, and they had Bill Trinan like making music on it. And that actually was like I kind of forgotten about it, but it actually is kind of cool because like he sort of just built up. They built up like a track over you know, five minutes, and by the end, it did sound kind of cool, and I was like, oh, yeah, that that is kind of nifty, really, like, if you could, you know, spend a little bit of time trying to get a beat going and record samples and yeah. whatever, that I mean, pretty I, cool. I'm completely, it does not work as a game, nor does Nintendo 3DS Guide Louvre. These are not <laughs> games, but these are, like, digital experiments, you know, mm. And uh, we, if you look at them like that, like, oh, this is this really strange creature that only exists in this in this single salt pond in Arizona, and it only comes alive once every, like, three years when it rains, then these are really, really amazing things to, like, examine. Uh, Carmine, have you mm-hmm. ever played Patapon, the PlayStation game? I want to play that, but it's only on PSP, isn't it? Yeah, do you have pon, a PSP? Pon, Patapon. Do you have I don't a PSP? have a PSP. You don't have a PSP? If I did, I'd have played Patapon. Yeah, it's one of like the four games I have for it, and it's it's worth it. If you can find one cheap, definitely, definitely go for it. Because mm-hmm. it's like it's a hard game, but it's all rhythm based. So the games that I mainly downloaded for the like eShop like original games were I've been downloading like the the 3D classics from um, Sega and M2. Um, and also a couple of other things, like I was playing the Art of Balance for a while on the 3DS. Oh, how's that? Was that was okay, but that's on like other platforms and stuff too. It's all right. It's kind of relaxing. You just got to sort of like just balance shapes on top of each other. Try and make um, them fall over. You can kind of cheat sometimes because, you know, it, it starts counting down like three seconds when you've stacked all the, all the blocks on top of each other. But if it is 
sometimes it's like falling over and you'll just make it in on the timer and like sort of <laughs> succeed anyway. Um, even though this probably wasn't the proper way you were meant to stack it, you kind of just <laughs> made it balance long enough. Long enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no more 3DS thoughts then? No, there's one game on Wii U that I really want to talk to. Let's let's let's, right, let's, let's, go, let's, to, get to, let's go to Wii U. Mm-hmm. Wii U. What is it? What do you want to talk about, Adam? Little Inferno. Oh my gosh. Yes! Oh. So I bought that, that was game. Like a, pretty much a launch day download, right? For Wii U? Yeah, I, I bought it right away, and it was, like, cold and snowy, and I was like, oh, this is a fireplace, like, that'll be fun. And I had my friend over, and he's like, what is this? We just started burning stuff, and then I fell asleep when we were pretty deep into the story, and then he woke me up at one point, and just everything was... It looked like he was playing a different game, and I was like, what, you, what happened? He's like, oh, this is the ending now. I was just... Oh, he woke you up when he's when when okay yeah, yeah in the, the ending. ending. Um, he woke you up for the final. <laughs> a couple times through with with different people, uh, and it's just it's fun to burn things. It's really soothing, um, <laughs> and throughout the game you get letters from people like the weatherman and the person that it's makes so weird. the fireplace and the little girl next door, and yeah, it's really weird. Everything they say is really weird. And it's got all these themes about, like, global warming and not caring about the children and the world ending and stuff. Um, But it's okay, little boy, just play with your fireplace. Uh, And it's got the the theme song. You unlock (laughs) the theme song a little bit. And it's just so disturbing. It's like this really upbeat song, but it's, like, in a, a weird key. So it's really disturbing. Oh, but it's it's beautiful. I, I absolutely Inferno. love that game. Yeah, that that game. I I took it with me, and my friends played, it and we played it. Based, they they got for some reason it's captivating, right? You're, it's not just a burning fire thing. It's because of the weirdness. It's like, what exactly is going on here? Where is this thing taking me? Because it's starting to get weirder and weirder and more macabre, and and the the toys are screaming as you're burning them. And it's just like, I don't know what's going on, but I want to keep playing and find out, unlock the next toy to burn and, and see what that does. And uh, it has some power. It's this really weird little game that has the power to captivate. Um, yeah, I I bought it um, as well, but I didn't, I don't know, maybe I should get back to it. I didn't get fully invested in it. Maybe I didn't play it long enough or something. But Yeah, it's it's... Yeah, I don't know if maybe you have to keep going, or you might. Maybe you just need to sort of be in this weird thing and like where mm. the game. Maybe there's some subliminal messaging that doesn't work on you in this little inferno. <laughs> the game is weird. It was also summer when it came out here, so maybe uh. that had something to do with it. <laughs> I have too many games on my Wii U eShop list. <laughs> the one I I hadn't actually looked at um, until today was um it'll do mm. uh, i think guillaume t- spoke about this on rfn ages ago but i hadn't really seen any i didn't really seen any video or pictures of it really and it's basically like looks like a zelda game done in like with like you know sort of flash style animation graphics basically probably a little bit nicer than that no but, but, cleaner, but, a bit cleaner. but not, that's like but, the that's but, sort of the the visual look it has mm-hmm. um it's, it looks kind of cool, like the, the 
the trees and all that sort of sway and everything, but it's basically like a Zelda game, right? But probably heavier on the puzzles. Yeah, it's if you take a Zelda game and you make it heavier on the puzzles. So it's it's like if you love block puzzles and you love like like how do like well how do I light all the torches in this room puzzle sort of thing. That's what this game goes deep into. Uh, a deeper mm-hmm. in I feel. And then if you take it and you give it like this really sarcastic sicker sense of humor because like yeah. the main character instead of you you pick up a heart and that replenishes your health here it will actually has this little when one of the character portraits for one of the speech bubbles it's she's eating the heart you know yeah i saw that she she uh, eats the hearts to get so it's like hearts. this it's like this riff on zelda it's both loving and 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 <laughs> and like a little darker yeah and it's that... meant to be, apparently it's meant to be played like in a speed run. Like you can skip an entire level in it if you know what to do, which I couldn't hmm. figure out how. Hmm. In that game, I there's like four dungeons and then you go to the final dungeon. And I did all four of the dungeons, but I got stuck in, in the in the final dungeon. I couldn't figure out what to do. Uh, but I did like it. It was kind of buggy and it crashed on me a couple times. But... I liked it enough to get that far. I remember being really annoyed with how hard some of the puzzles were. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But I felt like accomplished when I finally like got through them. Definitely. It's, uh, it, it, those were some, honestly, for those were some challenging puzzles. I don't know if I'm great at puzzles, but usually Zelda games are like ridiculous, uh, uh, easy. If you've played enough Zelda games, you start to get a sense for what Nintendo's coming up with oh, but these yeah, you know, you know what's sort of possible <laughs> but yeah but this one actually said okay we're doing block puzzles but we're gonna really try to bend your mind with it and uh i i don't know as a as a zelda fan i was like this is neat this is mm. neat one of the other um early games on the wii u uh that i bought off the eShop was uh nano assault neo did you both play a bit of this or yeah, I, didn't. I think I played it with my brother too. Hmm. Yeah, I played it for for a while, and it was pretty nice. So it it was pretty fun, and the graphics were really nice as well. Like for these are this is Shin N, right? These are the guys yeah, who just guys released just fast released... racing Neo. Yeah, yeah. Known as you know the developer that can really push hardware. <laughs> Does that make them the new Factor Five? Well. I don't know. They need to probably get a lot larger to become sort of comparable. But yeah, they pushed tech in. You know, they pushed the tech in a similar way to what Factor Five did, I guess, but just on a slightly smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is just. I mean, there's, there's. This is in the genre of dual stick shooters, right? Now, yes. Assault Neo, yeah. and and this is something that came, that sort of came back. Like Geometry Wars was the big explosion that every that you point at as oh, dual stick shooters are back. Mm. Um, which of course is another ancient game genre, right? Because it, we're basically talking about Smash TV and before that, uh, Robotron. Robotron. Well, there was like shooters that did similar stuff back on like in the early in the arcade, 80s, the arcades, yeah. right? I mean, it wasn't as advanced, but it was basically the same thing. Like there weren't dual sticks, I don't think, but you you turned your ship and you shot at an asteroid or whatever. Like that's basically what it is. Yeah, but I mean, this was. Nano Assault Neo, I I thought was just fun. It was fun. Mm. I mean, it there wasn't too much more there. It was a launch game, but for yeah. what it was, and for, it was cool because like yeah. when the when like 
I don't know what it is, but like sometimes when you get a new system and you got like the eShop there and you see like people talking about the releases and you say, I just want to download something. I just want to, I just want to spend like buy something off the eShop. I just want to see, go through the process of buying something off the new web store thing or whatever. I don't know. Like, do you guys have that? Yeah, that's like, how I got Pop Island. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's part of the. Is it? Is it? Are you talking about like launch or like yeah, as soon as you like get around the launch? Like yeah, you know, because I basically buy all the Nintendo systems like day one, and so mm-hmm. um, I just find it fun to like go. Oh, cool! This is what the eShop looks like. Oh, oh yeah, I had a list of like okay on the eShop. I know I'm getting Little Inferno and Nano Assault Neo and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a there's a couple games that didn't click with me, but that I know like a lot of people like. Like, I know everyone loves Lost Winds back on WiiWare. It was okay. It didn't really... To me, it just didn't click. Uh, I try and put me to sleep when I tried to play it. Maybe I have to yeah, give I it another go. To, I didn't even try to download that one. I was like, eh, I'm probably not going to play it. So, yeah. Um, I do have one more I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, affordable Space Adventure. Did either of you guys play that? No. Oh, that's on my list. Oh, I haven't played it yet. It's really good. It look, does it get dark? Does it get like dark and creepy at the end or something? Because some in the trailer, towards the end of the trailer, it it starts feeling like it has a completely different tone. Um, most of it feels kind of like that. Uh, I haven't beat it. Um, so you can you're controlling a ship, and you have a flashlight slash like sonar thing that goes around you and uh, controls for like which engine you're using and how much you weigh and stuff. And you can split those up between up to three people. So I played the first like half with my sister. Um, and we had a lot of fun with it. We argued a lot and yelled at each other. And then <laughs> over the weekend, I went to my friend's birthday party. And there were four of us. So we ended up playing it four-player. Uh, there were three controllers and then a fourth person just yelling. Um, and we would take turns <laughs> with it. And we got pretty far. And there might have been, like, drinking. So the guy <laughs> the guy who was in charge of, like, how heavy you were and which engine we're using, like, all the delicate stuff on the gamepad, he'd been drinking the most. And it was his birthday. And it was really <laughs> difficult to try and coordinate with him. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun. Um, the puzzles get really hard, and I haven't seen the ending yet, but I, I'm i going to recommend that game to anyone with puzzles. friends. Puzzles. That, that game is a... That, that's an act, does that, is that game centered around puzzles? I never knew that from the trailer. Yeah, it's it's all puzzles. Um, the enemies only attack you like if you do the puzzle wrong. You have to set, like, you pick an engine and stuff so you don't set off their sensors. Like, if they set heat, you don't want to use the, um, like, the fuel engine. You want to use the electric engine. So it's all puzzles. Every room has a couple puzzles and stuff. Uh, But I feel like it'd be too easy to play alone, so definitely play with someone else. (laughs) Too easy to play alone, so play with someone else and perhaps drinking. Drinking makes it too hard. Don't don't drink. (laughs) Too hard. (laughs) Too hard. It's just right with two people, like you and a close friend or a sister or something. Yeah. So one of the games on your list, uh, Carmine, that I had a look at a video of, um, Snake Den. It's... That game does not look good. It's, 
it's it's great to relax though. It is snake. It's snake with yeah. Is it, it's is snake, a, but okay. it's it's completely relaxing. You, you know, snake is is actually pretty hardcore. This is this is like snake where dying you don't actually it doesn't like throw you back. It's just okay. Uh, it'll shorten you up, and then you get to keep going. And I don't know. I mean, sometimes you don't need a great game. Sometimes you just need something to like take your brain and calm it down and like. I have no energy at the end of the day. I'll play some Snake or I'll play some Poker Dice Solitaire Future, another game on my list, you know, and or I'll play some Solitaire. Like, Solitaire is an amazing game, people. Yes. Hours sunk into Solitaire. Do not, do not poo-poo the Solitaire games. The only version that counts is the Windows <laughs> 95 or 3.1. Uh, or the deck of cards. Just a regular <laughs> card. No. no, that one doesn't count. Who needs... Look, that's too much setup. <laughs> too much setup. Too much setup. <laughs> No, but Snake Den is on my list because I bought it and I'm like, oh, this is pleasant. It's not a great game, but for the for it was like really cheap. I mean, yeah, the game the game Snake, so it's going to be pretty fun anyway. But like, just graphically speaking, it, that really does. That looks like a, a a game from Newgrounds or something like Flash game. It's, it looks that bad. It's it's, it's colorful. Come on, guys. It's got primary <laughs> colors. <laughs> It's 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 not trying for any awards there. Yes, mm. I've got um Snake ninety seven <laughs> on my iPhone. That's all the Snake no, I need. I've never played Snake. You guys are what what old? Yeah, my first phone had like <laughs> Tetris and Mega Man two. Like it. Had you really need games. to go. You need to download Snake ninety seven for your iPhone after this finishes recording and play it on a, a pretend Nokia. Whatever it was, fifty six ten or fifty five ten or whatever it was, and you will see how great it is. Nick, are you or, assigning or, or me get homework? Snake Den. Yes. <laughs> oh yes, homework, get, and then uh, and then homework. Snake Den. It's one of the only mobile games I have because I mean that's all I really need. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, some of these games don't need to be big, and I just looked. Snake Den is a buck twenty five. Well, okay, that's know. pretty cheap. So yeah. So it's like, do you need more than Snake? For, for something that cost a buck twenty-five, and I don't know if you guys are part of this whole uh, have strong feelings about like the mobile games and the whole difficulty thing is that now everything has to be free because people aren't willing to pay ninety-nine cents for mm. a game. Yep. Yeah, it needs to be free can play... with no ads, no microtransactions. That's yeah, it. yeah I stay away free. from I stay away from the mobile games on iPhone and that mostly just because I was like. I don't feel like playing them most of the time, and I just, you know, it's just another source of games, really. So I've got a few on, on there, but I try to stay away from I'll probably check out some of Nintendo's stuff next year, but I don't yeah. know how much use I'll get out of them. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I work in, like, the mob- in the in the industry that's in the industry for, like, surrounding mobile games, and... Um, there's just this thing where, like, developers are having... Uh, when developers make mobile games, one of the shifts they have to do is that now everything has to be freemium with DLC and in-app purchases and stuff. And it's it's almost impossible to make a game where you pay something mm. up front and that's the only thing. It's just a completely different thing. And, and if you don't like that... No. If you don't like that as a player, if you don't like that idea of, oh, I'm going to get C ads and now they're going to try to have IAPs to nickel and dime me, then, it's, then I don't see why... Then you sort of have to like accept that there's mm. there's some games that you would pay a dollar for, 
You know, what, what is a, that, what is a $1 game to you? What is a $2 game? What is a $60 game to you? Mm. And that's something we have to decide because, you know, the Nintendo eShop, we, ha- we're starting to have free games with in-app purchases here. And yeah. this is something we're going to have to like, we're going to have to like come to terms with and decide what game, what sort of games do we like and what sort of game pricing model works for us as players, for us as consumers. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny that free-to-play games are coming to the 3DS, especially after they released Angry Birds for $30 on the 3DS a couple of years ago. Yeah, I I bought I bought a bunch of like mobile games that ported over. Ang- uh, I didn't buy Angry Birds, but I cut I bought Cut the Rope, which is another mobile game, uh, mobile puzzle game sort of that came to the I think it came to the DSi. Mm. Uh, so. I that's that's my preferred way of buying a game. I I love to be able to pay once. Yeah, me too. And I, yeah. just have that simple transaction and not have to worry about it then. Hmm. Anyway, uh, let's get back uh, on track and finish off the Wii U eShop sort of suggestions or sort of thoughts on some of them. Uh, aside from Snake Den, uh, another one that was kind of interesting looking was Color Zen. Color Zen. This yeah. is on both. Yeah, actually, I realized this is on both the Wii U and 3DS. It's a very simple puzzle game where you have on the on the screen you see these shapes, these different colors, and any time you tap, um, uh, when you tap a color, like it, that color will uh, expand and envelop like the other colors, and well, it will expand and what is it exactly? Oh, I have to look at this again. But yeah, I just saw some of the video on it, and uh, it looks kind of cool and like just sort of simple, and it's probably like a more relaxing sort of game, right? Yeah, and actually, I had like my five-year-old nephew playing it when he was staying with us. Hmm. And it's because all you have to do is you have to tap. So the question is, what color do you tap so that it, when it expands, it combines with the light colors and it leaves you another color to tap? Because these are like shapes within shapes. Yeah. So, depending on what color you tap, it will uh, give you a new move, or you might realize, oh, you know, that's not the correct step for this puzzle, and I have to rewind and tap another color. Oh, wait, it's not so much tap. It's you move it? Yeah, you, you, you grab one of the colored shapes, and you drag it, and you make it touch another shape of the same color, and then that will expand and become the new background color. Uh, okay. And mm-hmm. if there were other similar colored shapes, they disappear... Or if there's borders around one shape, it will disappear. So, mm-hmm. it's uh, another neat puzzle game, and we're sort of failing at describing it. But watch a trailer. Yeah, it's sort of like a more abstract. It, like, color-wise, it looks something close, like some sort of like electroplankton, from what I saw. Sort of like yeah. simple and if shapes. And they colors. actually have a version where it's like colors and for kids, and it's all like. Uh, the shapes now look like they were assembled to make a snowman, mm. but it's really the exact same sort of gameplay. Yeah. Another game that um, I haven't actually started yet, but I've actually bought is a uh, Child of Light. Oh yes. Um, so yeah, that one looks pretty cool. Um, I know it was it wasn't like the most popular game, I don't think, but uh, some people had a few little niggling problems with it. But I don't know. I'm going to try it eventually, and uh, it it looks. Cool. I'm an RPG fan, and I, so I, I I went in expecting to like it, and I did like it. And it does a couple neat things with its battle system. Like, mm. the battle system is time-based, and then if you do certain things, if you hit the enemies with, like, 
in their weak points, you can actually move back their meter. So mm -hmm. imagine an mm -hmm. active time battle system, you know, of, uh, of Final, you know, Final Fantasy fame, but where the actions you do can actually delay, like knock back enemies' action meters. Hmm. And so you can do this thing where you can, depending on your, the actions you choose in the RPG combat, uh, you can actually make decisions based just to delay the enemy or to knock them back. And in some cases, like, keep them from having a turn for like three rounds or something. Yeah. Which was yeah. really neat. And there's hmm. other touches in that game that I thought were cool. Uh, is the story any compelling, or is it like kind of obscure? It's 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 a fairy tale story of it's it's like a modern day when fairy tale where it, this girl, your main character is this child, and I think she's in this dream dream state, this dream world, and there's a dark queen, and they try to make they try to tell the entire story in rhymes. So th the best way to think oh. of it is a fairy tale. If somebody today wanted to write a fairy tale journey part you know princess going through the kingdom and help and uh fighting evil and part i don't know so maybe maybe what turned people off was like the forced po poetry the forced rhyming in some mm -hmm. of the narrative and yeah. dialogue because that's that's something they really tried to do with this game everything has all the dialogue has to rhyme but i dug it so you got any last thoughts, Adam, um, on Wii U? Um, no. I'm thinking about homework now, honestly. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we should probably wrap this segment up. We've gone on a few different tangents, so that's pretty good for an episode of Connectivity. <laughs> okay, if you'd like to send some emails to us, you can do so at connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. You can interact with us on our official Twitter account, which is at connectivity nwr um may as well give out our personal ones again come on you don't have to if you don't want to bother. <laughs> um, i'm at nicholas nwr i'm at adventure buddy zero one a is the only vowel in adventure i'm at kai underscore red underscore c-a-i underscore r-e-d underscore you know, you're going to keep saying that um, on future episodes and you're going to have to log in eventually. <laughs> I do log in. <laughs> yeah, we follow each other, in. don't we, Carmine? Yeah, yeah, we do, I think. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think. I think I follow you. social media. All right, again, thanks, guys, for another episode. And we'll be back with another connectivity in another couple of weeks, probably. So see you then. Bye. Woo!